0: One day he pulled out to go to work, and I said, I make a joke. He pulled out and drove away. I pulled up my budget rental truck, you know, got my stuff moved out, got the dog, and before he came back, I was gone.
1: Welcome to Zestful Aging, where I talk with fascinating, talented, and inspiring guests who reflect on the adventures and challenges of aging, and who are living their lives with vibrance and purpose. I'm your host, Nicole Christina, psychotherapist, writer, and fellow Zestful Ager. I want to invite you to my brand new free webinar, Zestful Aging, Here's How You Do It. Many of my clients tell me that they're stretched too thin with too many demands upon them. They are just worn out. In my brand new webinar, I teach simple and sensible habits that will significantly improve your life now and help you age with vibrance and resilience. But it's important to start now. Don't wait until your body's distress signals go from a whisper to a scream. If you've followed me at all, you know I'm not about restrictive diets or boot camps. I believe life can be challenging enough. Let's appreciate our bodies and minds for the miraculous systems they are and take the time to take care of ourselves. Self-care pays big dividends now and in the future. And being well ourselves is the only way we can help those we love. And if you sign up now, I will send you my super zestful aging checklist, which I designed so you have clear guidelines right at your fingertips. The webinar is free. You can sign up at NicoleChristina.com. And as always, I appreciate your feedback. Well, I have my Jack Russell Terrier Sparky right beside me and my coffee in my hand. So let's begin. Today I'm talking to Paula Herrer. And uh, Paula was married for more than 30 years before packing up one day and moving to a one-room loft apartment with her dog, Red. She was in shock at what her life had become and she had no idea how to start over. Slowly, she started writing and eventually she created her own website startingoverat60.com and her new life began to take shape. As she wrote about being over 60, getting divorced, and her loneliness, she began to hear from other women from around the world who were facing the same issues, issues that were universal to single women 50 and over. Eventually, there was a shift in Paula's mindset when one of her daughter's friends said to her, how are you doing, Mrs. Herrer? It seems like you are kind of killing it. And she was right. Welcome to the show, Paula.
0: Thank you, Nicole. Thanks for having me.
1: You know, you uh, talk about people really resonating with your message, women really resonating with your message. Did that surprise you when you left your marriage?
0: It did. I can honestly say that I had no expectations. I didn't have good or bad. I just didn't know what to expect when I became single. Uh, And when I started writing, I began writing really out of being a little bit... um, a little bit of a sad sack, I would say. You know, having some really lonely times, and just kind of started writing it down. And as I did that, and as I shared it with people, other women were responding in ways that really shocked me. There were so many women reaching out to me, saying, "I'm lonely. I'm uh, I'm depressed. Uh, you know, I I hear what you're saying. I get how you feel." And I didn't expect to feel that way myself. I felt like I would just move ahead easily. I'm kind of a take charge girl. And, you know, once I got over this a little bit, I was just going to soar. And that was not the case. And I could then realize that other women were feeling that that was not the case as well for them.
1: Mm-hmm. I see. What Were you mentally preparing to leave your marriage and sort of making some plans and saying, well, it could look like this, it could look like that, or was
0: it a fairly abrupt end? It was not abrupt, and I can tell you that I really was not ever in a good marriage, but I had three you know, wonderful, perfect children, and I had made the commitment that I was gonna stay in the marriage forever. Mm-hmm. Um, it just became such that I couldn't do it. Um, there, there were just issues with infidelity with my husband and some other things that it was clear that, that I wasn't going to stay. So I did make the decision to leave. Still, it took me almost a year from that point where I really made a decision to walk out the door. I think I made a decision and then I waited to see if anything would change. Mm-hmm. And it didn't and it didn't and didn't until finally I said, okay, it really, really is not going to change. Um, but I felt like I was prepared. I took some time. I, I thought about what it was going to look like. I started looking for an apartment and I found that apartment. But I really think that all along, I thought there was going to be some you know, strike of lightning that said, ah, this is not gonna happen. You know, you're gonna stay married. This is all going to work out. I knew it wasn't, but you know, you just have to, I had to kind of plow through it a little bit. Um,
1: we talk about transitions in this time of life, and yeah. it can't be overstated what kind of a transition it is to walk out of a 30-year marriage.
0: I was a fully married woman. I don't know how else to say that. I know that sounds comical almost, but I was all in, and even over the years as things were bad, I was all in and I think that I thought that if I was all in, that I would make it work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Period. And so I I believe it took me a long time to realize that just because I was gonna make it work doesn't didn't (laughs) mean that we were going to make it work. In a
1: relationship right. Oh my
0: goodness. So I honestly I tell this story and this is exactly how it is. I found I looked around for apartments and really they all look like the apartments that I lived in in college and Mm -hmm. I just felt like Mm -hmm. oh my gosh I am going backward 30 years Mm -hmm. Um, and then I looked downtown I live in Columbus Ohio I I looked downtown and I found this 1,000 square foot one room loft apartment brick walls concrete Mm -hmm. floor Mm -hmm. in kind of a, a small tucked away industrial building and I was in. And once I did that, once I walked into that place, I could see myself there. I could see a way to fit my adult children in when they visited, even though it was small. I could visualize my life there. That was a big change and I signed that lease and and that was a huge step. But it was definitely having to see myself in a space before I could really visualize myself actually leaving. Mm-hmm. I I wanna say I had a very affluent lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Lived in a big old house in a big old neighborhood, you know, with a big old pool and a big old golf course and all the mm-hmm. trimmings you can imagine. I was luckily luckily enough to, to have those. So I I knew I was stepping back. Um, monetarily I didn't mind that but I couldn't quite step back um, I don't know how to describe that in lifestyle in I I didn't want to see myself kind of sitting in a room eating ramen noodles for Mm -hmm. the rest of my life and Mm -hmm. when I found this little loft as small as it was It had some
1: style. It sounds like it had
0: some style. It did. It did. It was me. It was me. Mm, And so mm. um, the truth is that I still had about three or four months to wait until that was ready. And that gave me some time to kind of start packing things up, to see myself in a different light, to move forward. I told very few people uh, because I did not tell my husband. And so one day, he pulled out to go to work. And I said, I make a joke, he pulled out and drove away, I pulled up my budget rental truck, you know, got my stuff moved out, got the dog. And before he came back, I was gone. For me, that was the only way I could do it. I couldn't face the, I just couldn't face all of that. It had been so negative and so dirty for so long that, I knew I was leaving. I didn't need to face anymore. My children mm-hmm. knew I was leaving. My maybe five or six or seven closest friends knew I was leaving. And really by six o'clock at night, I was sitting in this new apartment. It was a jolt to say the least. Mm-hmm. But you know, there was a little bit, there was a period of time where it was exciting. I had a new place, I was unpacking, I lived downtown, I was walking my dog around the state house and it was very um, exhilarating. Mm -hmm. And then it settled in. I think when winter came, it really settled in that, oh man, I am on my own. All of my friends are married, honestly, for the most part. I have one or two friends who are single and they're very close friends, but you know, over the years when your friends become your kids, friends, parents, et cetera, my friends were married. And while they were all super supportive and all invited me to do everything with them, I was so lucky, you know, come come Sunday or come Saturday night when they're doing things on their own, I was by myself. So it was rough. Definitely.
1: Just you and your dog.
0: And Red, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I bet Red a,
1: was a helpful in some ways.
0: You know, I actually um, had to realize that when I moved down there, my I was kind of physically beat up. And he was, uh, my dog kind of started chewing the hair off his paw. And because he had another dog that he lived with it well, I took one and my husband took the other. And it just, I looked at him and realized that we were both really struggling. I didn't, mm. I, we were doing mm-hmm. it together, but we would sit on the couch together and I would think, oh, this is a pitiful way to go. <laughs> oh,
1: oh my goodness. It, yeah, so there, it was like exhilarating and liberating and great and new, and then all of a sudden, oh my goodness, what, Bam. Where, yeah.
0: where am I?
1: Yeah. I see.
0: Yeah. So anyway time helps us get over those things. And that was probably during that winter was when I started um, writing and that just seemed to help me and it seemed to help others a little bit.
1: So you started, how did it go? You started a blog at first?
0: I did. I just started, honestly, I started typing and showed it to a few friends who showed it to some of their friends and um, they liked it. They were interested in it. So I actually went to um, I went to a woman who I met who developed websites, and I said I don't have any money, but I will write content for you if you will develop my site, and that's how I got started. Resourceful. It it worked out. I had been a journalism major, although I had never worked as a journalist. I had worked in advertising in kind of my first life, um, and so. I was able to just write some content and that helped me feel a little bit more comfortable about that. She developed a beautiful website for me and I just started writing and putting those things, putting those posts up and women seemed to respond.
1: And what did they say about your your writing? How, How, what did they respond?
0: You know, the biggest part of that was that they, Everyone who responded kind of said, Wow, I know how you feel. And I was shocked at that. Um, or they would say, What you're writing is what I'm feeling. And I mm-hmm. suppose that was probably the most important thing, what they were relating to what I was writing.
1: You were helping each other.
0: It really did help both of us. You know, there were people I ended up corresponding with a little bit be- because. Um, we would kind of commiserate a little bit back and forth mm-hmm.
1: so this went on for a while and were you uh, working outside the home and writing or h- how was it in the I, beginning
0: i was not i had had a business that i sold in the f- first few months that i was um, single um, it was a business that i was not good at i hated it i I think I thought that if I became a different person, my husband might like me a little bit more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> come to find out that wasn't true. Mm-hmm. But um, so I was really, I, I was finishing up uh, with that business sale and sitting in my one room apartment, right, starting to write and kind of seeing what direction I would go. And it was very isolating, that mm-hmm. one room, that not really having somewhere else to go. Mm-hmm. And I uh, was win- talking... In the winter, yeah. Yeah, it, it can... You know, I used to joke that I would get up, take a shower, get dressed, put my makeup on, walk five feet, and sit down at my desk. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, honestly, you know, I could be in my apartment for five days and no one would know I, I was see. still there. Yeah. yep. So I... Have had a friend who told me about an office sharing uh, situation that she was in that was not very expensive. There were about five or six women who were all in different businesses, and um, I ended up getting a desk space there. While I wasn't earning money, I really did it more for a place to go Mm -hmm. and a a place to kind of get ideas from other women about business, etc., and that was great. That was probably the biggest change for me when I started living on my own and working kind of out of there was to get that office space, that desk mm-hmm. space where there were other women there. Um, there were other people walking around offices. There was a little restaurant in the office, etc. Mm-hmm. It just allowed me to get up and go somewhere every day.
1: I see. And that, and maybe also the idea that this is real, what you're doing is legitimate. And you know, it's not, you're just not sitting on your couch in your
0: jammies, you
1: know, with your laptop, but that this, you are a professional woman now.
0: Yes. Even money or no money aside, it was allowing me to kind of feel that way and to decide whether this was going to where I was whether I was going to be able to have a real business out of this or whether this was just a hobby
1: mhm yeah and so did it feel kind of like little by little coming out of the darkness or was it more, uh, you know, a jagged line of feeling better, feeling bad again, feeling, yeah. yeah. How, how does it play? How yeah. did it
0: play out for you? That is really how it plays out. And that can be, you know, five times a day that can, <laughs> that can be feeling good, going to lunch with a friend, going to the office, not having anywhere to go in the evening, feel you know feeling bad. It can it went up and down constantly. And I was in the negotiations of my divorce which mm. were ugly as well. And so there was a lot of uh, I don't know that I would call it depression, but there was a there were a lot of ups and downs mm. and it was it hasn't been all rosy, that's for sure.
1: What got you through that, Paula? The, the those those really tough times.
0: You know, I don't know. I think I think I've always had a good amount of optimism. You know, I and when I was in my marriage, I always had hope that my marriage was gonna you know end up surviving. I didn't hope that I would be madly in love and it would be perfect, but I always felt like maybe at the end of the day, we would decide, you know what, this was really the way to go all along. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like I always had some hope mm-hmm. that, that this was really going to be the way to go. But I have to say that has taken me, it's probably taken me three years to feel like, okay, it is okay to be single and be in my 60s. And I may live a life exactly like it is now for the rest of my life. And mm-hmm. I had to get okay with that.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and was part of getting okay with it, hearing other women, communicating with other women and getting feedback about sort of uh, taking similar
0: journeys? Yes. Uh, I started to meet women. I, I decided that it was important to, to make some friendships with single women who were looking for other things to do also. That was really where I started. I certainly didn't start with dating or, you know, looking for men or a- anything like that. Mm-hmm. I found that I, I felt like it would be important to make some single friends who wanted to be social. Um, I had some single friends who were not very social. They're, they're a little more couch potatoes and that's not who I am. It wasn't who I was before I was married or during my marriage and certainly not now. I also worked very hard and I write a lot about this. I worked very hard to make new friends in my new life. Um, I lived downtown in a, in an area that's very, um, has a lot of residences and has a lot of restaurants. And so I had to kind of force myself to go down the street by myself. I would sit at a bar in one of the restaurants and get dinner by myself and, you know, Mm. talk to the bartender about the neighborhood. And maybe he would introduce me to some people who live two blocks away. And then they'd say, Oh, you know, well, there's this organization for downtown residences and okay. I went to every, I say, I, I would go to every opening of a garage door if I was <laughs> invited, you know, um, you were.
1: that's brave though. Not everybody wants to do that.
0: You have to do that. In my opinion, that has mm. been golden to me. And I, talk about that um on the website all the time i had it's proactive you cannot Mm. sit there and hope that somebody will find you and help you kind of build your social life back up I had to be really proactive. I ran into a couple of people who I had known before and they said, oh, you're down here. You know, you should do this or you should go to that or you should meet these people or you know, our neighbors are having a dinner party this night, why don't you come? But I had to do it. I was lucky that people suggested things like that to me but it really had to come from me and not all of it was that fun. I mean, I would
1: imagine, I mean, I can, I can imagine the the possibility of you being invited to a party and you being the only single person.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. What
1: was that like?
0: Um, it's not that fun. (laughs) Sometimes, you know, sometimes I would think, yay, I get to go (laughs) by myself, but, um, no, not really that fun and not, uh, you know, as I say, I really, I did everything. Uh, it was everything but the kitchen sink I did to make some new friends and and to find some new organizations or to um, just meet some different types of people from what were in my life before to add to the life I had. And then now I find that there are some of those organizations or some groups that really I don't have time for. Anymore and they might not have been the right fit for me, but believe me at the time That was critical whether it's exercise classes whether it is um, You know, uh, I live downtown. So there are events happening that are free So I was there and I would invite other friends to do the same if I if I uh, You know if I needed to
1: so there was I mean it sounds like some of it was difficult but in general there was effort involved that you had a goal of making new friends and you had to work.
0: I yes, I did. You know, one of the best things that I did when I a few months after I moved downtown, I invited many of my old friends and many of my new friends to my new apartment to a holiday party and that ended up to be a real blast because here i had my suburban married friends come down and see my new tiny place and i had my urban neighborhood friends uh, coming Your to hipsters. meet my right, my hipsters <laughs> coming to meet my old friends and oh and gosh. and seeing my place as well and that ended up to be a really fun event and i think it showed my new neighbors that, oh, look, she's fun too. <laughs> like she might be a little old single lady, but she's fun.
1: <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine how it must have been to be in both your new life and your old life, kind of one foot in each as those friend yeah. groups were there, how that must have been really
0: interesting. It was, and it still is. Um you know, I have friends that don't come down to my place downtown. I've now moved. Just this past summer, I moved to a larger. Uh, I bought a condo and moved, um, just maybe a half a block away from where I was. But I actually have bedrooms and, you know, separate <laughs> rooms where people can visit. Um, but uh, some people don't like to come downtown and park, mm. or 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 don't come. If I invite them to do something, won't come down here. And so we probably don't see each other as much as we used to. And I'm always flattered when they invite me out to their places, uh, out in my old neighborhood. And I go because I really appreciate that people keep me top of mind. Um, You know, when I'm, I'm in a separate life now, I'm in a separate lifestyle.
1: How interesting, what a a transformation. Are there any particular groups that you want to tell our listeners who may be going through a similar situation that that you found helpful?
0: Um, There are a couple of groups. I have just joined a group called the Transitions Network and I know you had Susan Collins on. I did, yes. I saw that she had uh, done one of your podcasts and um, I think that's an interesting group now it is not necessarily all single but it's a nice mixture of women uh, who are all kind of in our age group and they are transit their lifestyles are transitioning and then um, with that there are some offshoots of interests and so um, like there's a writing group and I think there's a movie group and, and, you know, you can find some women single or not who have similar interests. I, I still belong to my, to a book club out with women who are in um, the area where I used to live and it's been a nice introduction to me, but it's not my same lifestyle and I don't get there as often as I feel like I should. Um, So that part in and of itself is interesting. Um, I probably don't go to my old church as much as I used to, uh, just because, and that's probably a combination of the kids being grown up and gone, and it's not right in my neighborhood. Um, I joined the Downtown residents Association because that's a social group, plus I get to learn about um, my area around me there's another group that i had joined before i became single and it really was critical to um, keeping me afloat mentally um, while i was part of this uh, while i was going through this and it's called nabo it's the national association association of women business owners it's not that it's a single women's group or an older Mm -hmm. women's group Mm -hmm. but it those are the women who had the shared office space. And I would reach out and say, um, oh, I'm trying to figure this out. Oh, you should talk to so-and-so. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a very supportive group, even though it's not necessarily um, for single women my age. So you, I would tell anyone, you know, join some different groups that you think will help you figure out kind of what you're looking for. And if they work, great. And if they don't, it, there's no harm mm-hmm. in trying things that aren't your particular, um, that aren't necessarily part of your niche. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: I'm curious whether you became, became somewhat of a heroine to some of your older friends.
0: I That the, I don't know. From that, the old neighborhood. I. I would say that I know of women who had no idea of what my uh, life was like as a married person and were maybe surprised and proud of me for leaving all that. Um, There were women who did know, there were women who did know um, of my situation And we're proud of me for leaving that. It's not easy to leave money. I will, Mm -hmm. I will just be as blunt as I can about that.
1: Absolutely.
0: You know, we all have our own lifestyles. And I knew when I left mine that I, My lifestyle would change forever. And I liked my lifestyle. It's Um, not
1: to like having a pool. And are you familiar with a book? Um, It's been around for a while. And it's, it's one of these books that's, kind of a sleeper but it's called cutting loose why women who end their marriages do so well no by Ashton Applewhite it's it's a real gem and it talks about you know there's this idea that uh if women and their marriages they're gonna be you know you're you're idea of sitting in a, an apartment with a bear light swinging, eating your ramen, you know, (laughs) out of a a foam styrofoam cup. And she talks about real, she really challenges those, um, those notions and, and gives these descriptions of women who some of them come from money. And uh, I remember in one of the, the little vignettes, a woman said, you know, she'd come from money and she said she'd rather sleep in a tent no. than <laughs> go back to the marriage that was I loveless
0: know. Uh, I, know. I know that's the truth I, I wish i could say that 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 the money didn't uh, enter the picture mm-hmm. it obviously did and probably if we had not had such a lovely lifestyle you know maybe I would have left it earlier I don't know Um, Mm -hmm. I definitely wanted my children to have an intact family all the way through Um, I was very dedicated to that fact or to that dream for my children Um, my parents had been divorced and so I just didn't want that for my children that is probably bigger than the money piece but the money piece is real and mm-hmm. especially when you think about my age my husband will retire in a couple of years and i and and that gravy train you know is really gone uh, at some point the older we are as we retire or as we get divorced kind of cuts down on the time that we are looking at any spousal support, if there is such a thing. I see. And so, um, you know, when when we were negotiating to end the marriage, that was a big piece of it. I only have X amount of years to get any help or any support from, uh, from my marriage, from my husband. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably if we had done it when I was 50, I would have had 20 years of that, you know, versus, ah five or so. Anyway, that's an aside. But, you know, it's, I think the older we are when we get divorced, if that's what's coming, the, it, it can look a little bit bleak. And I had to be ready for that, get ready for that, get my mind straight. uh, And accept what that could look like. Mm -hmm. I don't think it, I mean, I, I, Feel fine about my financial picture, but it's not what it was. And I don't think for anyone, um, any woman, my age who leaves a marriage, if there was substantial income on one side of it, it's clear that you're not going to have that. So you need to get that straight mm-hmm. in your head, mm-hmm. really straight or else you'll just have one more thing to feel sorry for yourself about.
1: Is your writing um still centered now on leaving the marriage or are you writing about other themes now?
0: It's really not about leaving the marriage anymore. I what I would say about my writing and I've probably been doing it now for about 3 years. I kind of, you know, played for about a year and then or a year and a half and then really um really start, I treated it like a business. It has not been a business up to this point, It, but I've treated it like one. And so um, I did it as I was feeling what I was feeling. So if you go back and look at, uh, at things I wrote when I very first started, you know, I wrote about crying all night. I wrote about, you know, being lonely. Mm wishing I had someone to travel with, whatever that was. Um, and and then I progressed, and you can probably see that writing progress from feeling always unhappy to being mm-hmm. unhappy 90% of the time, <laughs> and then 80, and also maybe starting to feel some... Um, some uplifting moments where I didn't have any of those for a while. So you would really see if you wanted to read through that kind of the transition that my life has um, gone through, I I guess I would call it a transformation. Um, Mm -hmm. And there are lots of factors that have contributed to that. The, the website has been 100% writing for forever since I started doing it. And now I will be transitioning it a little more into more, um, I don't like to say coaching because I'm not a coach um, and I I don't feel like one at all. But I have really paid attention to things that work and don't work when you are single and 50, 60, 70 and beyond, I've paid attention to um, what seems some steps you can take as I said you know meeting the people in your neighborhood Mm -hmm. going to events etc I've really kind of tried to curate lots of ideas for other women to try Mm -hmm. and so that my site will actually launch a little relaunch a little bit differently in about uh, mid-November toward the end of next week on really offering women more um, insight into things that they can do now to start to improve their lives.
1: So it started as a way for you to get through some of your own pain and loneliness. And then you got feedback that it was actually really helpful. And now it's really taken a a shift where it doesn't sound like you need it for comfort or support, but you're actually coming from it um, in a very different way now, saying, listen, I've done this, I figured it out, and now I want to pass it on.
0: Yes. I have tried to take my focus away from me, and I've really started listening and talking and working with other women, listening to what their issues are, um, listening to some things that they have done that have really worked for them, and turning those around into um, pieces, little little chunks that I can offer women that they might try and uh, and that might better their lives if they're st- with whatever issues they're struggling with. <clears throat> Excuse me. There, you know, obviously we have. One piece that I know that I am going to be focusing on moving forward, and I have been focusing on, it seems like um, for the last few months, is confidence. I feel like there, that issue, that a, a lack of confidence is pervasive among single women my age and really all women my age all of the things that start to take the toll on our confidence do that they take a toll they wear us down a little bit and it's not just issues about being single you know it's body image and you know i can't hear anything and, and i can't you know my feet hurt if i can't wear high heels or if i wear high heels and just kind of lots of pieces that bring our confidence down and I try to offer some ways to just kind of refocus yourself a little bit and gain a little bit of self-confidence. And I'm telling you, it makes all the difference.
1: It sounds like there's this theme of, uh, fighting ageism. If you can't wear high heels, are you still attractive? You know, if you can't, if your hearing isn't as good, are you still useful? You know, some of these things sound like they have a lot to do with how our bodies change and how society sees us.
0: And I feel like not only how society feels us, but how we feel about ourselves. Mm I, um, I, I was working with a group of women uh, for about eight weeks, and we would get on a call every Sunday night and, and I would pick a topic and kind of talk about it a little bit. They would put their two cents in or you know, we would talk about different issues that they were having. And I, one of the what really got me started on confidence was that I had been at a wedding, you know by myself at a wedding on a Saturday night. Um, longtime friend, and I was, of course, at the table. I always say the table where um, the old neighbor's daughter is at the table, and maybe, you know, not, maybe not the, the hairdresser, top. the mom's hairdresser is at that table. Sort of the, the
1: secondary character, right, like, <laughs> right?
0: And I always know there's always a sorority sister of the mom at that table, oh, anyway. No. I'm at the table and it, it's actually um, the father of the bride I'm there with the people that he grew up with oh, and so I'm sitting there and I am tugging at my blouse and my skirt is too tight and I am feeling terrible about myself just oh you know just oh go home and just forget it and so The next day I was going somewhere and I put on something new and I thought, holy cow, I look like a million bucks. (laughs) And I was exactly the same person (laughs) that I had been who was struggling with her Spanx the night before. And I thought the, the lack of confidence that just that outfit that I wore to the wedding gave me. In, I thought about that in contrast to how I was exactly the same size the next morning and put this other thing on and thought I was the hottest thing, you know, <laughs> on two legs. And the only difference was how I felt about it. It had nothing to do with the way I looked. My, the mother of the bride said, oh, I love that skirt you had on. Uh, you know what? It, it just had nothing to do with reality. It all had to do with my perception of myself. Mm -hmm. And so the truth is that is what confidence is. It's your posture. It's how you feel about yourself. It's whether you're wearing flats or heels that you think you look great or you Mm -hmm. think you're rocking it. Mm -hmm. And it's, I don't want anyone to think I'm talking about all looks because I'm not but it is definitely a posture Mm. it is definitely an attitude Um, I talk a lot about trying to prepare yourself when you're going to an event or to something where you know you're gonna lack confidence um, so that you can you can fake it if you need to you can appear to be super confident even if you may be you know melting a little bit inside
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so that, these are really practical suggestions for women so. who are uh, in a new life.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think so. Mm-hmm. I I want every woman, married or single, to live all the way through. Not to not you know to live all the way through to the end. Not kind of end it at sixty five, mm-hmm. and and start and just and. I have a friend who I don't think has ever worn anything but black leggings for maybe the last five years, <laughs> and of course, and that's she the doesn't easiest... do yoga. No, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she has eighteen pairs of yoga pants <laughs> and has never done a lick of yoga. Um, you know, to not let yourself just kind of curl in, mm. but to blossom with everything that comes with aging even the bad just learning how to deal with it learning how to cope learning how to um, be to have the best life you can all the way through and if you are able to do that you gain confidence from that Mm -hmm. that's for sure
1: that sounds really helpful. Are there resources you'd like to share? You talked a little bit about the Transition Network and uh, the NAVO. Um, in terms of this confidence and sort of blossoming even with the bad, are there books or, or movies or anything that has been inspiring to you that you want to pass on to our listeners?
0: Uh, there is a book that I found very interesting called The Confidence. Code and I'm sorry I don't have the author's name on the tip of my tongue. I actually learned about it through a um, through a training that a friend of mine does. It's on confidence, but it's really for women um, in middle management positions who are not applying for um, for upper management jobs, whether it's in their company or for um, or in any other companies for other jobs that, and she trains really on gaining enough confidence to go for those higher jobs, those higher wages, those, uh, you know, more responsibility, those C-suite jobs. So I had looked at that book uh, because I think she had actually given me a copy from one of her trainings. And um, it is, it has a, a post-it on just about every page.
1: Ah,
0: just uh, and so that one's called the Confidence Coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I Co- ch- Is it Coach or code? Uh, I'm sorry, Code. Code. C-O-D-E. Okay. Another. I just uh, heard this woman speak at actually the Transn- Transitions Network here in Columbus, and her name is Joy LeVerde. And, and I'm be- going
1: to be interviewing her in a oh, few is weeks. That right? <laughs> yes.
0: You know, I can honestly say I um, her book, uh, shoot, she has a new book out and it is kind of, how to plan for your old age. And that's not the title. I'm sorry. I don't have it sitting on my desk, but, um, so I was going to her talk and honestly, I thought, okay, I can make up my grocery list for tomorrow while she's talking. Sure. I have to admit that I was, I just thought, I'm not sure why I signed up for this, but I'm just going to go because I'm so interested in women and aging. And, um, Her talk was fabulous. She will be such a great guest for you. And I feel like much of what she talked about was really preparation for aging, Mm -hmm. preparation for how you're going to age, how you're going to live. And to me, that preparation gives you confidence. I see. Um, you know, instead of wringing your hands all the time about where am I going to live or how am I going to live, et cetera, mm-hmm. I think that uh, giving, uh, preparing yourself gives you the confidence to know. Well, here's what I'm going to do if mm-hmm. this happens and this happens. I talk about that um, in when I talk about confidence, uh, ten steps for more confidence. Let's say. Um, I talk about being prepared if you're going to an event where you know you're going to be at that bad table. You know, like a, you know ha, um, be prepared so you can feel confident enough to maybe, you know, lead the conversation or, or get something going. Um, prepare yourself for that. She talks a lot about preparing for old age, um, how you're going to live, how many years your money is going to last, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that that can give you just another layer of confidence mm-hmm. that your life's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. You you don't need to worry. You need to worry about health issues, et cetera, but, but that you are confident that your life is going to look good all the way mm-hmm. through.
1: I see. I see. That but makes
0: she has a lot a, of sense. She has... Uh, I think this one is her second book that she has just put out, but I found her to be very interesting and to have good ideas as to um, how you might be able to handle your own situation. Um, So much so that I took a friend with me who was saying she thought it was going to be the same, that was not going to be very exciting. And we both, when we left, said, holy cow, we were so wrong. Yeah.
1: And how often does that happen? No. Usually <laughs> it's the other way, right? I know.
0: This was a pleasant surprise. That's oh, the truth. Yeah, she has a great
1: reputation. Sucked. And i it's the reason I'm not interviewing her for a while is because she was doing 10 keynotes in a row. Oh, my gosh.
0: Yeah, I, I can believe that. She's got mm-hmm. some good information. Mm-hmm. She really does.
1: That's great. Yeah. Um. I'd like to uh, give our listeners a place to learn more about you and read some of your writing and, and learn more about how to develop their confidence. What's the best place to reach you?
0: Sure. Um, it's easiest to read me. You can go, my email and anyone is welcome to email me is paula at startingoverat60.com and that is S-I-X-T-Y, not the number. Um, okay. And so the site is called startingoverat60.com. And by the end of next week, I believe I'll launch at the end of next week, I will be launching some new, um, a couple of new programs. Uh, There's a one-on-one program. I'm I'm building a community of what I call Starting Over at 60 Sisters, um, where I will put out uh, monthly content specifically for those women. And, um, and those will all launch on, uh, at the end of next week. I will also, you'll, my website will always contain the content that it contains and I will continue to write for the website. I'm just adding some different layers to the, mm-hmm. to the website and, um, just to what I talk about.
1: Wow. It sounds like as you evolve, there's more and more you want to share with other women.
0: Absolutely. I think that this can be, and you can certainly speak to this. I think this is a much better time in life than I ever expected it Mm -hmm. to be. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that I would have, I can, I can certainly say I would not have been saying that if I weren't single now. Mm -hmm. Um, You know my life was going in a different direction and while i was happy that my children's family was intact and that they would live happily ever after i hoped um, i was not and it did take me after i left the marriage it did take me you know a few years to figure out that actually this is better my life is better and i want women my age to really feel like their life can can continue to get better. It didn't end at a certain age or it didn't um, it didn't dry up or you Well didn't for miss you the
1: boat. It, I mean for you it's been an absolute rebirth.
0: It really has. And I know that there are plenty of women who are in much more dire straits than I am, but I feel like everybody can continue to improve their lives even in the tiniest way. Um I just want women to continue to try to move forward even when it seems impossible. Mhm
1: mhm. Yeah, that you're working to be an inspiration and saying, "Listen, it's not always easy, but I've done it and it was worth it."
0: That's exactly right. And you know, um when in listening to Joy speak, our children will live to maybe 120. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, their children will live to 150. I hope to live, you know, into my nineties, I'd like Mm -hmm. to be around for much longer. So I'm really looking at, you know, possibly one third of my life, at least, you know, at least uh, 20% of my life, but I'm looking at another third of my life, I hope. And I want that to continue to climb rather than to decline.
1: Yeah, that's a theme that I've been hearing, that it's a whole new opportunity, that, that it's, yeah. it's so different than maybe in our parents' time when it was oh, retirement, absolutely. and now we're going to kind of, you know, slowly <laughs> disintegrate. Yeah. This is more of, it's, you know, it's a, it's a door. That's um, uh, yeah, a good it's a way whole to put it. Dif- You know, it's a whole different orientation.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
1: I think my listeners are really going to appreciate um, what you've shared today. I think it's a, you know, as you described, you get people saying, yes, this is exactly how I feel. And it's so important to feel like you're not
0: alone. That's true. That's true. I do think that there are so many, and let me just say this, Uh, um, you asked me about, are there groups that I belong to? And I mentioned a couple. I also... You know, I told you that I put together kind of a group of six women that we would talk on Sunday nights. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Some in my hometown, uh, some in my hometown, some in my current town. And we all would talk on Sunday nights on a specific topic. And that really became a really good group. We've taken a break and we're going to start back up after the holidays. But that could be any group of people. the other thing that I just did, and I'll I'll let you know how it turns out, I'm starting a meetup of single women, 50 and over, um, and that's just here in my hometown, that's just kind of for a happy hour once a month or so, and I think anyone who was feeling like she is looking for some new friends or some new introductions or a new way to go. Mm-hmm. You can look at meetups. I'm actually going to one tonight that I had never seen before, which is Women Over 60. Um, I'm going to try it out. It has 160 members, (laughs) but there are only, I think, maybe eight or 10 who go to one event or another. It looks like they Mm -hmm. do some things like go to movies and um, they'll do a lunch once in a while and maybe a happy hour. But uh, meetups, I feel like are can be very helpful. I like to knit. There are knitting meetups. Um, Mm -hmm. There are meetups of people who, again, who go to movies. There are meetups of people who speak French. Honestly, I think if there, there might be meetups for, women who own dogs named Red, you know, like, I mean, <laughs> it gets very specific yeah, I and that. It's, yes. it's they're really helpful. I think you go and honestly, if it was a drag, you're out maybe an hour. You're out, you know, not very much. They're not really out anything, I guess is what I'm saying. It doesn't hurt to try new things. And that have you,
1: is. Yeah. Really have you theme. heard of the uh podcast Brunch Club?
0: No, I don't know that.
1: It's um, I interviewed Adela on uh, early on. It feels like years ago, but it wasn't even a year. She has done this um, club that is growing. Exponentially, and it's so brilliant. And I'm huh. sure they have one in Columbus. What What you do is you all listen to a particular podcast, and then you meet for brunch and wow. talk about it. And it's not a huge group, but yeah, you have something specific to talk about, and you're in, and you're out. You have a nice brunch, yeah. and then yeah. you leave, and it doesn't have to be you know a day long commitment. You don't have to do anything exhausting or time consuming and it's really fun because you get to talk about the same thing everyone has some ideas about it but she picks the topics so um everyone's doing the same thing yeah it's it's international it's all over the world
0: now wow i am gonna look that up immediately that sounds like a great idea yeah
1: it's um and she's she's lovely and if you want to you can listen to it's early on on my list on Uh iTunes, but I I tease her now on social media that I knew her when. Yeah. Because she (laughs) was just written up in (laughs) Forbes magazine. Really? Yeah. So that's a really lovely thing for people that's sort of easy, not a lot of stress, not a lot of uh, emotional commitment.
0: Yes. I think that uh, is how these meetups kind of are a positive experience. Mm-hmm. If you like it, great, you do it again. And if you don't like it, you just mm-hmm. don't go back or you can't right. go sometimes. So it's very loose, but mm-hmm. it's, it all takes proactive energy on mm-hmm. someone's part to find these things and, and see if they're a fit.
1: Well, I would also say um, expect to feel uncomfortable That it's not going to be everyone's going to put the red carpet out for you. No, Um, no. That there will be times where you feel a little uneasy and and maybe think to yourself, what was I thinking? And this is awful. But that it's all part of, you know, sort of growing into your
0: new life. Right, right. And I agree. I agree. No, I can't wait to look up that brunch club. That sounds great.
1: Yeah, she's, yes. she's So there she's are lots lot
0: of, of um resources for women to try. They just have to, you know, get out there and do it.
1: Mhm. Yep. Paula, it's been so lovely speaking with you today. Hey, I think I people, appreciate it. I think people are going to really love um what you have to say and really appreciate your inspiration and um I wish you all the best.
0: Thank you. And thank you for inviting me to to be on the podcast. I have loved it.
1: Thank you so much for joining us on Zestful Aging. If you like the podcast, please share with some of your friends. I love to hear from my listeners. Send me an email at NicoleChristina.com. And please consider becoming a patron of the show. You will get access to exclusive bonuses and you will be part of the Zestful Aging community. Keep us going strong. Go to patreon.com/zestfulaging. See you next time for another episode of Zestful Aging.